uh, one of the greatest things I remember as a kid was when John Forrest come and match raced uh, Gary Densham at my home track. I think that was in 90, 92, maybe 91. But Gary Densham on the last pass went into a giant uh, fireball at a thousand foot during a match race with John Force. And that's one of my very real good first memories of being at the racetrack. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today. This is a milestone episode and you didn't even know it. Brian and Bobby, this is episode 40 of Class Racing Today. It's going to be a good one. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, surprisingly, in South Dakota, we don't have rain today. It's just decided that winter is here, and uh, it's cold. So. Winter's only going to be here for like a day or two. It's going to be 60s this weekend. Like, How do you go <laughs> right. from 22 to 60? Right. Classracingtoday.com. If you want to uh, follow us along there, along the social medias at Class Racing Today. Um, email with any questions or comments or you want to help support the show classracingtoday at gmail.com if you want a t-shirt or a sticker send us a note there as well and we will get back to you brian you're here again this is phenomenal this i get to see you once a week it's weird starting to feel like a job like i gotta punch (laughs) in we should put a time clock in here oh that's interesting (laughs) bobby you're uh you're still in the oh wait hold on uh you just had some uh a change in your uh your governance yesterday, didn't you? Did I see that? Well, we, we do not know. It is neck and Oh, neck. that's right. It's like within, it, it's a, a Too literal close to hair's, call. hair's width. Too close to call. And that actually in, in and of itself is surprising because um, the, the Democrat incumbent was the heavy favorite and the Republican was the underdog. And it looks like the Republican was winning by 0.05% last I checked. So... <laughs> see what happens there crazy and then there was a change in what uh georgia i think yeah and virginia so or virginia not georgia so so for all (laughs) those that uh, are listening late this is coming out november 3rd day after election day 2021 anyway how's it going guys let's go brandon (laughs) whatever (laughs) so how about the racing in vegas like i want to give props to my mcr guys i mean we had the Peach family down there. We had Chris Knutson down there. There was others, but Bobby, so you probably don't know them. You haven't met them yet, but Abby Peach, who's always a a loyal listener, her dad raced his dad second round in Vegas. Like, that has to be the farthest anybody's drove to raise somebody they know second round. Wow, immediate family, too, right? Crazy. And then, I actually just learned how to say their last name. Well, I thought um, the one I always wanted to teach you was Knudsen. <laughs> Knudsen? You actually have to pronounce the K? I never would have thought that. But the Knudsen was wrong this whole time. But how about Chris going to the quarters? Um, went red by 8 thou. He would have faced Jamie, who they're really good. They're like best friends in the semis. I mean... Hats off, MCR guys, for representing in Vegas. I was, uh, I was good. Even, even Jason DeForest was in Superstock was down there into the quarters. So, you guys had a hell of a showing. I was cheering for you here at home. Good job. Great job, MCR, with your unpronounceable names. 
wonder if unpronounceable is a word. <laughs> it is now. Now we know why you're a math tutor. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, to talk more about the Vegas race that we just had. Oh, and by the way, I, I made a total mess up yesterday in my flash news because I didn't know there was another Vegas divisional this weekend because I'm still going by a schedule that I made six months ago. So I uh, I was unaware that we were racing in Vegas for the 10th time this month, and uh, I want to correct that. So there is a crucial, crucial Vegas divisional this weekend with the points being where they are right now and everybody kind of moving around. So big mess up on my part yesterday. Sorry. And then, like I said, we have a ATCO uh, stock super stock combo race, East Coast um, uh, stock super stock association coming up this weekend with a negative 1200 foot DA all weekend, which is going to be pretty insane. All right, back to Vegas now. So we brought this past weekend's super stock winner on the show, Mr. Chris Hall. Live from Utah. Chris, how you doing? Doing really well. How about you guys? We're doing great, man. Thanks for asking. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about your Vegas experience. You uh, you seem to have a lot of good fortune at this track. So, well, uh, you know, I, I've been racing there for, for quite a few years, uh, bracket racing. I've uh, gone down to the ET finals. I've gone to the... the uh, the uh the thanksgiving races and that struggled really bad um for years and years and then all of a sudden i just kind of had a breakthrough a few years ago uh understanding the track a little bit more and uh you know a lot better equipment that i'm driving now and uh yeah i like vegas vegas is not bad to me now so there was a lot of uh there was a lot of pretty close rounds there. I mean there's a lot of double breakouts and I mean that thing just seems to be a, a monster to get the dials down and fighting the wind and everything what was the conditions like this weekend you know they were pretty it was a lot easier than normal to tell you honest truth uh, with the usually the wind you can look at the flags and they'll they can be blowing the at the end of the track they can be blowing one direction and up on the tower they can be be blowing the opposite direction you just have no idea um sometimes but uh it was pretty pretty decent there wasn't a lot of wind there um the temperature was you know between 70 degrees and 70 or 87 degrees um but um there in the finals, the, the wind really started whipping up. That's why everybody was breaking out. So, and you're stuck behind the tower and, you, you know, if you don't have a lot, you know, crew to be able to tell you what's going on down on the track, uh, it's pretty hard to dial. What was the, what was the air like this week in there? Like what DA were you running in? Um, it was anywhere between 3,400 feet to, uh, I think I saw 4,800 there. So, um, it's, that's about typical Vegas about this time of year. Now, it sounds like you had a crew chief helping you by the looks of the final round video. Your daughter was there with you and she was super excited. So tell us a little bit about her involvement in your race program. She, her name is Ashley. Um, she's, she's 18 and, um, 
she eats, sleeps, breathes drag racing. That's all she can think about numbers. She knows all the names. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. Even the professional stuff. She, she texts me, did you see what Hagen won? Did you see what force ran? I mean, uh, she's on top of it. She's amazing that way. Um, she helps with the car, the Copo is a supercharged car. So she helps me with the ice. She helps me with the, uh, the tires. Um, um, she's, she helps me with the ladder a lot um, of who I'm potentially going to race if I need to move, um, all that kind of stuff. She knows all, everybody's stats. I, I don't even need that app. She, she can tell me what's going on. So where do you find one of those? I, I don't know. I have a pretty lucky guy. So yeah, with a crew chief like that, it'd be awesome. Yeah, she she is on it. And again, she eats, sleeps, breathes it. I mean, that uh that's pretty cool for for a, a dad to have a, a daughter like that. Have you uh thought about letting her hop in the car yet, or has she already done that? Um, no, she hasn't done that yet. Um she she's still working on her driver's license right now. So, um, so she'll, uh, we're going to get her in. I have an SS Camaro, um, a 16 and I'm going to get her in it and start her out up in Boise and the, the, the sportsman stuff and, and just get her, uh, get her up to that. I have, I have several cars that she can drive, so we'll get there. I would recommend not letting her drive. Um, Cause you're going to miss that valuable resource. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, so, the, the, what is it? Maida motorsports. Is that how you pronounce that? It's Maida motorsports. Yes. Maida motorsports. What is that? Is that a, a company that you own? Nope. It isn't. Um, uh, his name is art. Uh, it's a dealership, um, out of, um, out of Sacramento. So this, the Copo is not my Copo. Um, his name is Jerry Kramer that owns it. And he had befriended Art and made a motorsports. Um, and it's just kind of followed along now. Um, it's been passed over to me to, to be able to, to run their colors. Okay. So then the 2016 that you have, you own, the one that you're potentially letting your daughter run, the Copo that you just won in, you do not own, but then you also have a 70 Camaro in B stock automatic. Um, do you own that one? Yes. The, the, the 70 Camaro is mine. Yes. Okay. What combinations in that car? Uh, the B 70, the B it's a aluminum headed 402 car. Um, uh, the 375 horse combo. How, how'd you, you get started on that car? What's the history of that car? Um, I bought it back in 2000, no, excuse me, 99 as a street driver. Um, I, you know, playing around on the street a whole bunch, that sort of thing. Um, and then decided to take it to the racetrack as, you know, a, an 18 year old kid does and, and kind of got hooked with the whole, uh, the whole bracket racing, um, and then it just kind of just turned into a straight bracket car. And then it, uh, I, a friend of mine, Jesse Sanderson, uh, the, he, he started racing stock eliminator and I, 
I, I, there was a next level because I, I achieved everything at my home track type of thing. So I, I just wanted to start Stock Eliminator. Uh, Cal Method befriended me um, to be able, up in Boise, he stopped me one day and he says, we ought to stick one of my 402s in your car and you ought to come race, race stock. And then a little bit later, I had really thought about it and thought, man, you know, maybe that's really what I ought to do. And that's, that's pretty oh, awesome. Yeah. So now who do you do? Who does your motors? I guess, are you still running that same motor or do you build your own or do you have somebody build them or what, what's that look like? Um, the motors, it, there are a lot of my, it, I've been having help. It, it's, it's my motor. Cal has helped me with some of it. Um, West King up in Boise, Idaho, um, has helped me a, a bit with, with my program. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's not the fastest thing in the world, obviously, but, you know, it stays together. Uh, the motor's about three, four years old. So I've, you know, re-ringed it and buried it and that sort of thing, but it, it works well. What transmission do you run on there? It has the metric 200 in it. Who does that? Um, oh, last name Mantle out of Cal, uh, Canada. Put it together so when i started stock eliminator right in the beginning i i found a uh a, 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 a 350 horse 402 out of canada and uh, on class racer and i went up and purchased it and purchased the transmission along with it and that's still the same transmission i'm pretty low buck i i mean i i still only have one torque converter um for everything so you know, I, I don't have a lot of spare parts and that sort of thing, but everything just still lives. It still works well. Was that the converter that came with the combination or did you get a different one? I, I know I sent that off. I, it's the same converter. Yes. But, um, I had it, uh, redone. So it, the, the 402 would be a lot, the 375 horse combo would be a lot better. Who would you send the converter to? Len Schneider's been doing doing the converters for me. Converter, how about that? He Ooh. he's been doing all my bracket converters too. So, okay. How about suspension? Do you run? Whose shocks do you run? Um, the front shocks on it. They uh, they're uh, man's front shocks on it. Uh, <laughs> it's just a cheap set of calverts on the back, um, but. I've I've got the uh, Calvert rear suspension on it. I've got the older style lift bars that um, uh, you know a lot of the stalkers race. Uh, Cal Method made those for me. That sort of thing. How about the Copa? How's that set up as far as I, engine transmission? Uh, the Copo is from the factory. Um, there's only a few things um, that it's got, like an electric water pump and the belt tensioner, but um, you know, we've played with just the settings on the suspension of, of getting the, the, the balance right on it and that, but yeah, uh, that's from the factory that, that the heads haven't even been off of that motor. So what's it like driving that compared to your other car? Which one do you prefer? I love the green car because it's kind of my firstborn type of thing. 
and it does monster wheelies. It's it's a it it's a huge. It's fun to to rip, um, but the Copo, uh, man, it gets after it down low. It's pretty fun. So uh, I could easily put it in B or C that type of thing. My friend Brian Bassart that I run with and run around with in the pits, uh, he runs B, so I stay in C. So we, you know, if we we get head up with each other, we we don't kill the index or combination. So that combo's never been touched. So uh, I, we hope not to ever have a, you know, hit type of thing. So now you say you're, you've got a lot of history in bracket racing then is that, when did you start racing? Um, I started racing in 2000, you know, like street legal class out, out of my home track, RMR, um, won the championship that first year, ran outlaw the next year, won that. And then uh, racing pro throughout uh, the racetrack there. Um, I won the, uh, the track championship um, oh, three different times in pro out there. Me and Jesse Sanderson for years and years was just back and forth, back and forth of winning the championship. Um, 2010 came along and, and uh, Rocky Mountain Raceway became IHRA. Um, and I won the track championship at that time. And we have no uh, ET finals out here, out West um, with IHRA. And I got a phone call from IHRA saying, your name has been pulled to be able to go run um, the, for the world championship back in Virginia. Um, are you coming? And it was funny because I, I got off, I, I told her, yeah, I was on my lunch break from work. I get this phone call saying, Hey, you need to come to Virginia to run off for the world championship in no box and IHRA. And of all things, I say, I'm going to have to call you back on that. So uh, for their summit super series. So that anyways, I got off the phone and my wife looked at me and says, are you stupid? Call her back. You're going. And I called my dad and he says, Oh no, you're going. So we went back there to that for the world finals of that. And I actually won the world championship back in 2010 for the summit super series in, in that car as a bracket car. So after that, I, you know, I, without that, with the IHRA experience, I, I wouldn't be running stock and super stock. I, my program would not be as far as it is right now. What? What caused you to initially get into your parents' race, or do you been around racing, or you just said, "Hey, this looks like fun. I want to start." So, uh, my father had a '64 SS Impala, and he raced it out at the racetrack, um, just in some classes, and he had some trophies um, with that car. And uh, you know, and he was just down messing around, you know, with that car. It was the daily driver. Um, that always got my attention to see, oh yeah, my dad won trophies. And then uh, my uh, father's cousin brought a 69 Camaro to the house when I was young and took me and my dad for a ride. And I was in the back seat. I might've been six and, you know, they were off ripping it around town and that sort of thing, finding, you know, their back roads and, you know, it, it just got my attention big time of, of you know being able to go fast in a car 
um there was uh i really liked monster trucks when i was a little kid and there i i messed up when at this i might have been seven or eight and i thought there was a, a monster truck event down in salt lake um went down there and it wasn't there i, I missed the weekend or i i don't know what happened and my dad said well there's there's a race out at the racetrack drag race and you know i'd never been to one of those so he took me out there and it just opened my eyes but uh one of the greatest things i remember as a kid was when john force come and match raced uh gary densham at my home track and um that well i think that was in 90 92 maybe 91 but gary densham on the last pass went into a giant uh, fireball at a thousand foot and you know it yeah during a match race with john force and you know that that's one of my very real good first memories of being at the racetrack you were hooked at that point oh yeah oh yeah and then watching it on tnt or tnn and all that kind of stuff back in the day every every sunday with my dad awesome what line of work are you in um i work for the government um i uh, actually i'm a structure mechanic on the f-35s for the government um there's a depot up here at hill air force base and uh um I get to mess around with F-35s. Well, that's got to be pretty fun. Not quite as fun as driving a big wheelie stalker, but it's got to be a close second, right? Uh, messing around with the most elite things in the world. Do you think top fuel cars are elite? You, yeah, you look at one of these F-35s, that's that's nuts. Uh, they should get top fuel crew, uh, crew guys to uh, switch over. I wonder if they could share and bounce some ideas off of the... Uh f-35 to make it one one thing the about it accelerating you, machine on the world yeah you, you better not you better not explode one of those f-35s that'd be bad so yeah. does that come out of a payroll deduction like oops uh you screwed up chris we're gonna have to take this out of your paycheck over the next a billion years you know um i i'm pretty fortunate that uh i, I don't mess up a lot of things <laughs> so you, you know you you know, measure, measure how many times and do it once. So do it right or do it twice kind of guy. Yeah. 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 Well, the attention, it gets expensive. The attention to detail definitely shows up on your driving this weekend. Like it was definitely had it dialed in good. Um, you know, yeah, the, especially the super stalker, I, once I got in that car um, at the first of the year. So Jerry Kramer came to me last year and um, he was driving it. And he says, Chris, why don't you just come get this car and race it? And he says, I can't do justice to the car and I'd like to see you win in it. And, you know, how can you turn down to somebody just, you know, handing you a, a 17 Copo um, and saying here, you know, just do whatever you want with it. And uh, so I, I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn the very first few hits with it. Um, it made some adjustments and that sort of thing. And you got to be comfortable in it, first of all, to, to be able to, to do anything with it. And I find, I think I finally have got to that point where I can be competitive with it. 
how does that thing leave compared to your stalker then were you just really late on the tree and some of those copos and and cobra jets they just kind of leave like sleds some of them and then they really turn it on at mid-track um so my stalker 60 foot's normally about a 135 to 137 uh, this weekend, the Copa was 60 foot and 129s. Um, its way turned back down just, you know, so it, it could 60 foot, you know, low 120s, you know, if we turned it up. But just uh, the perform the to keep consistent and that sort of thing, we just got it backed off. You're exactly right. Uh, to the 60 foot, they feel really similar. The The green car is way wheelie high doing it. The Copo is just to the ground. But when it gets to the 330, it's snorting and it's pissed off. It's it's a lot. It's a hoot. Do you find it's harder? Final to, round with them. Um, go ahead, Brian. I said, do you find it harder, though, on that when you're picking up that much mile an hour on the back half of the track? Do you find it harder to drive the stripe and just know where you're at then that? You know, we always have the fast car, slow car conversation here, but I mean, the rate of gain you have coming up on some of those slower cars has to be just incredible. It has to make it really hard to drive. Well, I have been able, you know, obviously always the faster car has the advantage. There's no doubt about that, but I've got two other bracket cars that I race. I've got a 67 Camaro that's got a 540 in it up in Boise. It runs 940s. Um, I've got my father's car, his Nova, that I'll race in super stock, but I'll still go off the bottom bulb, or super pro, excuse me, uh, super pro, I'll still go off the bottom bulb, I don't have a delay box in it, and it's got a 565 in it, and it runs 9.0s, so I get plenty of practice um, on both sides of it uh, on the game, um, so that's, but it's funny, because those are both trans brake cars, uh, I foot brake the the Copo, obviously, and also the, uh, and I, I've got all the cars right there. I've, I've worked really hard to, to be able to hit it exactly the same spot and they leave exactly the same spot. Do you do a lot of, do you do, for as far as bracket racing, do you do any of the big money bracket stuff or just right there at the local track or do you follow any of those circuits at all? You know, I went last year with the whole COVID thing and the uncertainty early in the year and no Pomona. I, I went down to Tucson to Chris Forsythe's big bracket race down there. And I did rather well. In fact, I won the $5,000 bracket race um, with my, my dad's Nova that Saturday night. So I follow it. I, I've been to, I been to the Spring Fling early in Vegas but it seems like it's always the weekend after the divisional or national or, or something to that extent. And I have to run home and get a different car. I, I really don't want to bracket race the stalker or the super stalker. I'd rather, you know, use my bracket cars to be able to do that. So I've missed the spring fleeing. Um, I, I need to get down there at one point. What are some thoughts that you have as far as how to make stock super stock bigger grow it different improvements i mean do you think something can be taken from the bigger money bracket race and brought into stock and super stock how do we grow this thing that is an excellent question on that um i like i like what mike rice has done for division seven where 
he's up the entrance fee, um, you know, from 180 to 200. And now uh, the the winning is $2,000 instead of the $1,200. Um, I think that will get a lot more people out to that because there's not a lot of money in stock or super stock, obviously. Um, I think the contingency uh, group needs to pull through with on their side of it. Um, I, th I really think that the newer generation and newer cars, I, I, I think that's really where it's at too, obviously, um, for especially for the newer kids with all their street tuners and all that kind of stuff, seeing, seeing the Camaros and Mustangs and that sort of thing. I think that's helping, but um, I, there's a lot of old blood in, in, in stock and super stock. And I, I still like to consider myself young. I'm 44, but, you know, we, we, we just got to get the interests of the, the younger generation out there so it lives. And how to do that, I don't know. <laughs> you guys got any ideas? <laughs> We're full of oh, ideas. Yes, <laughs> I just, I would... You know, we're I'm in a little different world here. I'm kind of like you, where it's quite a ways to the nearest NHRA track. But you know, we have the Midwest class racers here, and that's been that's that's the only reason I'm in I'm into this. I guess is just because I can go to ten races, and every race is a double. You know, they have a a decent entry fee, but the payouts are two to four thousand dollars. I mean, you got to make win one round, and you get you know it's pretty much get your money back if you make it to the if you win first round, you pretty much get your money back. Um, the bottom side payouts are, are pretty good. Um, and as far as me, like, yeah, it's a hobby. Like I'm not, I'm not a professional. I'm just starting like, yeah, it's expensive to get started, but kind of like you, you know, I'm piecing things together and working on it where we can trying to get a little better every year, but I can go out and go three, four rounds and get a check. I mean, it's, it's like I told somebody the other day, they're like, oh, a race car is just throwing away money. And I said, well, smoking is throwing away money, right? Like you're burning cigarettes. If Marlboro gave you back half your money every year, you'd be really happy. Well, that's kind of like stock limited racing. I mean, where we're at with the MCR, I mean, a guy can actually go, if you can win first round, you get your entry fee back. Now you still have expenses to it, but there's, I like the lower side. They're paying out all the way down. Um, good payouts, reasonable entry fee. That's what I think we have. That's kind of our recipe for success here. Um, the NHRA thing, I'm new to that. I'm having fun, but to me, that's more of a of a side deal. You know, if I want to race and have fun and get better, and yeah, if I can start getting better and going to a national event, that I couldn't even imagine what it's like to win something like that. But you know, it's also really expensive, and it's a lot of a lot of driving to go to those for what you win. So I think by increasing the entry fees like that, that's a and doing a little better payout, that's a good way to do it. And see, I wish they'd do that out here out west to have some of these uh, uh, stock super stock combos that isn't NHRA, like you're saying. Um, I guess maybe I need to move back east. I don't know. I, I don't know if it'll ever get out here to tell you honest truth. But, um, you know, racing is passion. It's a drug. And when you win, you gotta got to You have to have more if there's no offense or buts about it. So. Well, it takes, it takes somebody to organize. Like, I think that somebody that doesn't get enough credit with our Midwest class racers is, uh, you know, like John McLeod and Charlie 
and Dan, like those guys pounding the streets, you know, they're trying to get sponsors and they're pulling everything together. I mean, it's, it's literally a grassroots effort to grow stock, super stock racing here. And I think there's four or five cars getting built this year, not to go NHRA racing, just to come here and race with our organization. I mean, there's somebody told me the other day, you guys just have a lot of, you have a lot of stock, super stock cars there. That's why it works there. Well, we wouldn't have stock super stock cars here if there wasn't this grassroots effort by a few people that had the foresight, hey, let's do this, this, and this. You know, we're going to have heads-up races. We're going to, you know, there are combos, but there's still heads-ups. Like, there's a lot of legitimate things there that really, that's why the organization and that's why the cars are coming because there's decent payouts. It's really well run. And it just, it's a whole community developed around it. Yeah, and I, you know, the closest track for me is, again, another 300 miles for Boise. Vegas is 460. Um, Denver is, um, it's a little over 500 miles, um, that sort of thing. So. so you have to travel pretty far to get to these races. Now, the Vegas, I mean, D7, if I lived in D7, I would just think about moving to, I don't know, Henderson, Nevada or something like that, because you guys just ran how many divisionals uh, at Vegas and on top of two national events. Um, but one thing that disappointed me about Vegas, I mean, I, despite my mess up yesterday, I've totally not, or uh, not having record of the divisional coming up this weekend, but the racetracks Facebook page said, thank you, everybody. See you in 2022. Now, why in the hell couldn't they put on that Facebook page yesterday? Hey guys, we have all those racers that you saw last weekend. We're probably going to have even more of them this weekend at our divisional event. Come in, buy a ticket, buy something from the concession stand. You know, like, why would you say see you in 2022? It's like they, they don't even want anybody to come watch you guys this weekend. And that's, you know, we talk about bringing new people into the sport. Well, it starts right there with an easy Facebook post that costs nothing. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see that, to tell you honest truth. But you're exactly right with that. Um, you know, a lot of the tracks out west – a lot of them have the mentality, hey, you know, we're the only show in town. So, you know, uh, you like it or you don't like it. Back east, when you have a track every 50 miles or 30 miles or, you know, there's competition. So just the way it is. Yeah, and then back to the payout thing. I, I made it to the third round at the last divisional that I ran a couple weeks ago, and I got $100. And I paid 200 to enter. You have to make it to fourth round at a divisional here on the east coast just to get your entry fee back that's ridiculous and the way brian's associations run where you win first round and you're getting an entry fee back or at least half of it i mean i'll take that that's great i like you know i want to get my entry fee back for at least for making it the third round i should get my entry fee back in in my belief and then yeah they raised us to 200 like they did you guys on the west coast and they are paying us 2000 now and then with all the other side um, contingencies, ATI gives us 500 to win. Um, there's a bunch of, of racers hopping on board to pay extra for like best package for, for the winner, for the runner up. So our divisional payout has definitely gotten better to win the event. It's definitely gotten better over the last few years, but um, yeah, it only get a hundred bucks to make it the third round that that doesn't even cover the, the racing fuel you know, for the weekend, not, not to mention the travel fuel and, you know, the car maintenance and a hundred other things that cost money when it comes to this sport. 
you know, and and just saying that too. I just saw that get, diesel fuel went up four dollars a gallon here in Utah. Let's go, Brandon. And <laughs> sorry, guys, I had to. Anyways, um, it's it's still growing. I you know, there's always been. Uh, there's always challenges to the races and stuff, but as racers, we always work through it, but finding solutions is the most important thing. Is there smaller tracks around? Like when you say the closest ones, like 400 miles, are there a little local tracks in that area or not really? You know, I apologize about that. Yeah. There are two smaller tracks that are closer here. Um, there's a, just a, an airport style one, uh, up in Evanston, Idaho, or Evanston, Wyoming, um, that a lot of the the local guys with their um, turbocharged Mustangs type of thing go up, you know, LS converted Mustangs, and and then there's a, another racetrack up at Sage um, Raceway, um, up in Idaho, up in uh, Idaho Falls. It's a cute little track. Um, uh, it's an outlaw track where the uh, the farmer basically owns it and runs it. Um, it I've, I've gone up there and did a test and tune with a few things um, up there. Um, I guess they're by price, Utah, they're building a racetrack. And that's about two out, well, about 200 miles away from me. And they're building one right now that's supposed to be an HRA. Um, I'm not exactly sure with what they've got all going on. I know, I know that the the 330s laid there, and they're building it right now. But um, we'll see what happens with that. It's supposed to be opening up next year. Well, that's great news to hear. We've been talking about all the tracks closing, so it's you never hear about the ones that are getting built. So that's awesome that there's still a chance. There's still a chance. Yep, you're right. <laughs> Excellent. Chris, now we know you're going to head to Vegas this week for the divisional, but you had to come home in between because you were being a great husband, right? You want to tell us about this? Yeah, it's November 2nd. It's my anniversary. It was my 20th anniversary yesterday. Um, I could have got tickets for SEMA and hung down in Las Vegas all weekend long and that sort of thing, but I, I really needed to come home and, and hang out with my wife for my anniversary, so a happy wife, happy life. And, you know, uh, it helps with winning. I'll tell you that much. If I go down there and lose first, second round, and then, you know, come home, you know, she's a little bit more disappointed with me. If, you know, do you, you know, did you really have to go down there um, type of thing over our anniversary? But, you know, you know, that was really good thing of winning and uh, super stock and, coming home because yeah uh, she she knows um how important this is to me and it's just a way of life so so did wally go 100 to win super stock instead of 1500 to win stock so that means you could take her out to a nicer dinner yesterday right yes yeah the old red monster red lobster you know <laughs> that's where she wanted to go so that's where we went so dead it was lobster. good times yep did wally go to supper too no, she stayed. Uh, Wally stayed home with my daughter about that. She she keeps a pretty close eye on that. She's probably going to polish the finish off that thing. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, we're always joking about the first Wally I won in stock uh, four years ago, and you know, it, I've I've got quite a few divisional 
uh, wallies, but you know, the, the full size wallies got to have a, have somebody else to hang out with. So we've, we've, we got him, got him another one. What's your favorite non-racing activity? Um, boy, that's a good question. Um, that's pretty much all I do is just work on cars and mess with them and think about it. Um, I like basketball. I, I like to watch the Utah jazz here. So that's a great hobby. Um, fly remote control airplanes, uh, four wheelers, you know, obviously we have some of the greatest mountains in the world here and some of the greatest trails. So going up on the four wheeler and, and that sort of thing, that's a good time. Cool. What's one track you haven't been to that you would like to go to? I'd like to go to Bristol someday. I, I think, you know, I know the, the elevation and my car would probably be pretty slow there, but I've, I've always eyeballed Bristol wanting to go there to see that. All right, here's a random one. What was the last thing you Googled? Oh, heavens. <laughs> How to fix the uh, the screen on this so you guys can see me? <laughs> How about that? That's a good one. There you go. Now, is Bristol much higher than Vegas, though? I want to check that. Uh, they're just a slightly lower, but they're still there's no adjustment to it. They're still considered sea level, all right, so they're so they're still all under the the sea level indexes. Vegas, I have at two thousand seventeen feet above sea level. Bristol, I have at fourteen eighty, so about what five hundred and forty ish foot difference. Vegas being higher, yeah, and Bristol doesn't have index adjustments. Well, that's good. Right. You can let the cars run out. Let them we hang out her, and not worry about the AHFS as much. We could let her eat, huh? Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So uh, going to Las Vegas this next weekend for the divisional. Um, I'm number one in in Division 7 for the, uh, the points right now. Um, I've never really been in this point. I, I've, I've tried to add things up to the best of my knowledge with the points. I, I hope I have it already sewed up, but um, I, I still have a first round loss that I can I can start adding points to at the division here. So um, getting that uh, D7 number one on the car is pretty important to me for stock. So we'll see what happens there. And then the Copo, uh, again, I sucked at the first of the year. So that that is just just having a good time. Well, you are ninth in stock in the world. So if you have a nice outing this weekend in Pomona, you won't have to run the 71. You can run the, you know, number one. Well, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens. You know, uh, I'm being optimistic, but you just never know. I mean, I've got enough fuel down there in the trailer that it could go all the rounds it needs to, and the car will do it. So um, it just depends on me. Or lining up against somebody that doesn't have a two-pack or something like that. Can't worry about that. <laughs> you, there's nothing you can Focus do about that. Focus on what that. you can do, on what yep. you can control. Yep. If, the, if they beat you, they beat you, and that's just the way it is. So, mm -hmm. But, you know, they've got their hands full. I like to think that anyways when they're up against me. <laughs> 
get all your vulgar words out in the in the shutdown area like the rest of us do. Uh, uh, Terry Emmons yes. says hi, Chris, and congrats. Um, ben Anderson said Sage Raceway is awesome, uh, but the track and price is on hold due to the economy. Oh. So. And I think that was, oh yeah, Chris Chapman said he won $400 thanks to Mr. Hall. LOL. I'm not sure what that one is referring to. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure, but maybe he bet against me. I don't know. Or with me. Oh, maybe he bet on you. There you go. All right. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't remember. I, I'm horrible with names, so I apologize, guys. <laughs> is that actually can you do that at the sports book can you bet on drag racing in vegas that would be pretty cool yes you can yeah it's totally legal there huh i wonder I if on uh, the pros can we yeah do we have odds for stock and super stock because that'd be great gee how much money was lost when erica had it given to her <laughs> <laughs> side project for us all right we got to put together the... A local local Calcutta win for Vegas. That's what he said. All right, we got to put together an odds book for stock and super stock and then base it out of Las Vegas. Actually, isn't gamble, sports gambling legal just about everywhere now? Maybe not in the Dakotas and Utah, but over here, I think it is. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't do much gambling. So I, you know, I, I save every penny I have to put in the race car. I can't. Chris, uh, don't worry. You just drive, and we'll just bet on you. Okay, you don't have to worry about anything except okay, winning. Okay, I like it. Let's do All it. All right, <laughs> we'll give you a cut. Don't worry. Okay. Do you have any sponsors? Anybody you'd like to thank? Yeah. Uh, first of all, obviously, Made of Motorsports um, coming on board with me. Um, Dave uh, Art. He's he's really into this. He's passionate about it, and uh, uh, just trying to do the best I can for him. Um, another sponsor, Polson Motor or Polson Trailers, sells uh, Dave Polson. Um, he helped me get a a new stacker trailer here just this last year uh, at a, a phenomenal price. Uh, he's been with me for several years, helping me. Um, I've got also Paul Jones Trucking here, at hometown trucking company that's been with me for years and years and helps me out. And then I've got Clean Boost. You probably have heard of them with uh, some of the, the alcohol funny cars and, and dragsters and that. Um, I know one of the guys, uh, Brett Winberg, um, he put his name on my car and has been helping me with quite a bit of product. And um, I really appreciate them. He's, he's a Brett. He's one of the guys, uh, local bracket racers that, you know, cut our teeth back in the day um, at Rocky Mountain Raceway. So just a big, big, happy family. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time and coming on and letting us dive into your life a little bit. You drove really well, and we appreciate it. Like I said, we appreciate you coming on. We wish you good luck this weekend. Thank you, guys. I, I This is pretty cool to be able to do this, so thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you, Chris, for taking the time to give us a little insight from your town. Even though we couldn't see your face, we could hear your voice. So thanks a lot class racing today thanks for hanging out with us for this episode this episode 40 classracingtoday.com email classracingtoday@gmail.com. if you have any questions or comments you can send them there if you want a t-shirt or a sticker send us a note there and we can get that out to you also if you want to help support the show send us a note and we will get back to you and 
We thank you all for sharing this out and staying with us for each episode as we do this. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Stay safe. We'll see you out on the track.